We are starting a brand new series this for the month of March. We will be talking about You Can Be Free, but I put in the subtitle, If You Want to Be. You can be free only if you want to be. And I want to start off by explaining that this is not a commentary on things like the Freedom Convoy. This is not a commentary on things like covid and the restrictions. I am not talking about any of that. Although, if you listen closely, I'm sure you're going to hear a little bit of the implications of what I am saying has to do with those things. But what I'm looking at, what I'm interested this morning is, and not just this morning, but for this month, of redefining what it means to be free. Because I think we have allowed, as the church and as believers, the world's version of freedom to get into our minds and to get into our hearts. And I don't want to, I'm not interested in the world's version, I'm interested in God's version of freedom. Because if I got to be free, I want to be free in God's eyes, not by the world's standards. And so often what we, what the world says is freedom is actually just chains in disguise. And so I don't want anything to do with that. I want God's freedom, I want it to rule and reign in my life. And so we're going to look at what is freedom, we're going to look at, um, how to experience God's freedom even in the midst of trial and hardship. Because sometimes it doesn't feel very free when things aren't going our way, and yet God says you are still free in the midst of it. And we're going to look at, can you really be free from fear? Can you really be separated from this idea of fear? Because God really free us. And fear is such a powerful thing. It's such a, a weapon. We see it at work in the news right now. Somebody who will remain unnamed is using fear tactics to keep the world at bay. And fear is so powerful, and yet God says that we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to fear man. We do not have to fear the things of this world. We can be free of fear. So we're going to look at what that means. Um, but as a way of introduction this morning, I want to ask, has anyone been duped into getting something free? So I, this, is, this is where I'm coming from. I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Don't judge me. Um, as we come out of COVID and the restrictions are gone and we're figuring out how to do church in a post-COVID world, I am a sucker for anything that says how to grow your church, download this free thing. Okay, those lines, I'm in. I am clicking on it, and I know, I've done it enough times, I know that that is not free. There are strings attached. My email is filled with all of these people who are like, it's free. No, it's not, because you're filling up my inbox, and now I'm tired. I can't find the things I really want. It wasn't free. It cost me my information. It cost me my freedom of not having to deal with your crap. Um, that's not free. But I fall for it every time. Free download, I'm in. Free book, I'm in. Dang it. Now it's too late. Now I have to, do, now I have to unsubscribe, do a bunch of things. And so my question, and don't judge me because we all have them. We all have those trigger words. Maybe it's not free. Maybe it's Amazon and you're like 40% off. You're clicking. Anyways, do you really need that thing? Anyways, my question, have you ever accepted something free only to discover the strings attached? Oh yeah, we've all we've all we've all fallen for. Everyone online, you liar. Uh, Mitch says no, that's not true. Um, 
Everyone online, I would love for you to share the stories in the comment section, whether you're watching on Facebook. Yes, we're back on Facebook. As much as I didn't want to be, we think we fixed the Facebook problem, so we're back on Facebook. Facebook, YouTube, and on the website, if you want to throw in the comment section, what is one time that you accepted something free, only to discover that there were strings attached? The latest one that I've got, this was fun, um, <coughs> there's a flyer that said, you could win, uh, sign up for this, you get $10,000. You said sign up. I know exactly what that means. <laughs> I'm not winning no $10,000, but that's just more emails coming my way. I'm getting smart, okay? You bribe me with money, I know that it's a trap. But you, call, you say it's free, I'm going to fall for it every time. Um, but what is the time? And we all do it. This is like marketing knows that this is the way to get to you. If I just say it's free, there's a good chance someone's going to fall for it. And it's, it has corrupted the way we think of free because nothing in this world's ever free. It costs us something. There's always a string attached. There's always a hidden trap. Or a, and so when we hear the word free, we don't really believe that it's free. And we read through Scripture, and God says that my desire for you is to be free. You're like, yeah, really? Because I've heard this before. I've heard this line before. I've heard this. Um, I've watched churches do this. And if we had a mall, I'd probably try it. But we don't have a mall. I have a funny story that goes with that. Anyways, um, churches would set up in malls with a table. And they'd have an iPad. And the, the poster would say, here's a free iPad. Just ask how to get it. And everyone stays away from it. Why? Because it's too good to be true. No way, you're not just going to give me an iPad. There's something attached. And you watch as they sit there for hours upon hours upon hours, and no one talks to them. And finally, some kid walks up, and he's like, what do I have to do? Just ask for it. Here you go. Have a good day. And they close up shop. And all the hundreds of people who kind of watched it through the corner of their eye are like, oh, I missed out. Yeah, you did. Because when it comes to church, we really believe in what, when, when we say free, we really believe in free. And when God says that something is free and that you are set free, we really believe and he really means that it is free. <coughs> so this morning and all of March, we're going to take our time. We're going to dive into one of my favorite portions of scripture and all of the Bible. We are going to be in the book of Romans if you have never read the book of Romans, you really need to do it because Paul takes 16 chapters in the book of Romans and lays out everything that we believe, why we believe it, why it is important for us to not only believe it, but to live by it and allow it to renew our minds. He says that in Romans 12, that you are not to be conformed by the ways of the world, but that you will be renewed by the renewing of your mind. So you can determine what is the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God, our Father. And in the midst, in the middle of this great, fantastic book of everything it means to be a Christian and why we believe, you get to Romans 8. And that's where we're going to be. We're going to be in Romans 8. And Romans 8 has got all of these great coin words. <coughs> I know. Thank you. We have probably memorized large portions of Romans 8 without maybe even realizing it. 
right? The whole idea of nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither height nor depth nor power nor principality, Romans 8. If God is for us, who can stand against us? Romans 8. All things work to the good of those who are loved and called by God's glorious purpose. Romans 8. We're going to hear all of it. We have memorized so many portions of it. And then to, but this next month, we're going to take it all in its glory, and we're going to read it. And it's going to be awesome, and we're going to dive in. And my firm belief is by the time we get to the end of Romans 8, we'll not only understand what it means to be free in Christ, but we'll be able to live it out in a way that the world's going to be like, there's something different about you. You just feel like nothing affects you. You just feel like you're not carrying the weight of the world anymore. Yeah, it's because I'm free. So Romans 8, if you got your physical Bible, you can go there. We're starting in verse 1. If you got the app, it's all laid out for you. We're reading Romans 8, 1 to 11 this morning. And if you don't have a Bible, you don't have the app, it'll be on the screen for you. Romans 8, starting in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We could stop there. That is good news, freedom at its absolute best. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no guilt, no condemnation, no chains, no nothing for those who are in Christ Jesus. Freedom on full display right out of the gate. And there's ten more of the great verses coming your way. Here we go. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. Paul is drawing a very distinct line in the sand right now, and I want us to take note of that. <coughs> for, to, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You hear that again. Those who are in the flesh cannot. It is impossible for them to please God. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now there was a lot in that little portion. (coughs) But essentially what Paul is saying is that when you declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I mean his, your Lord and Savior. Jesus died on the cross to take away your sins. That's the Savior part. You didn't have to do anything. You don't have, you, it is a free gift of God because God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross to become the condemnation of sin 
for you. That is the Savior part of Jesus, is that you just have to accept what He's done. But the Lord part is the part we often get caught up on, and we're going to unpack it a little bit more next week. But when we declare Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're declaring Him as our King, we're declaring Him as our God, and we are giving Him the reins to our life, we're giving Him the reins to our thoughts, to our words, to our actions. We're saying, Jesus, you are now in control. That's what it means to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Because he, Paul goes on in Galatians, he says that you can't, do, you can't please the Spirit and please the flesh at the same time. They want different things. But when you give your life to Christ and you declare Him as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. It is your mark. It is the seal of your salvation. And because that Spirit rests in you, you are set apart. You are now free. And because Jesus took all the condemnation, because Jesus took all of the guilt and all of the pain and all the punishment of sin, you don't have to feel guilty about your sin anymore. And what Paul is saying is now that you have experienced such a miraculous transformation because you have been made so completely new, you need to cut off, you need to stop thinking about the things of the flesh. Jesus Jesus once said, that a soldier does not concern himself with civilian affairs. And what he was saying was that you are no longer of this world, so don't worry yourself with things of this world. Worry yourself with the things of God. Get into God's Word. Get into His... Spend time with Him. Learn what He wants you to learn. Let Him bestow His wisdom and His guidance and His love on you so that you can be a reflection of it to the world. You are no longer of the flesh. You are now of the Spirit, and you are... Free. Free from the chains of sin. Free from the chains of death. <clears throat> I need more water. Getting excited. You really are free. When Jesus died on the cross, he cut off all those chains. He cut off all the traps of sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no... I'm getting ahead of myself because that's next week. Um... I could just preach the whole chapter today. Anyways, you're free. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now now dwells within you, and you are now given life because of the spirit that dwells within you. But life is defined by God, not defined by the world, and you are now free. Paul says that you, you're Old self is dead and gone. And what he means by the old self, the self that was concerned about things of the world, the, the self that was a slave to sin, that is dead and gone. You are now a new creation. The Spirit of God dwelling in you should so radically transform you that you are not the same because you now live under the grace and love and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his Spirit that empowers you now gives you life. And so Paul stands before the church and he commissions the church in Romans and he commissions the church today and he says, you have a choice. You can continue to set your mind on the things of of the flesh. You can continue to set your mind on the things of the world and they're only going to lead to one spot. They're going to lead to death. They're going to rob you of your joy. They're going to rob you of your peace. They're going to rob you of everything that God wants for you or you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. You can meditate on God's word. You can make yourself about God's business. And you will not only experience life, but you will experience peace, joy. And who 
Yeah, does anyone think that, you know, the world's got too much love and joy right now? Anything, you know, like, we just need to calm down on the whole love and joy thing? Like, let's just get some more violence in the world? Anyone? Anyone? No? Okay. I didn't think so. We need more of this. And God says, come find it in me. Come find it in my spirit. You are free. The question I have for you this morning, maybe, is what does freedom mean to you? What would it mean to you to be free of, of sin? What would it mean for you to be free of condemnation? What would it mean for you to be free of that guilt? What would it mean to be free? What does freedom mean to you? And I mean really free. No strings attached, no chains, no nothing standing behind you. What does it mean to be free because a beautiful and wonderful thing and I, I'm tiptoeing I'm going to probably end up repeating myself a lot next week because these two kind of go hand in hand but you're not just set free for the sake of being free to do whatever you want to do God actually has created you for a purpose he has knit you together. He has placed you where you are right now. He's given you gifts and talents and interests and passions and life experience. And in a way that only God can do it, it all knits together in this really interesting way. And the reason that God sets us free is so that we can step into that purpose that God has laid out for us. The Proverbs say that where there is no vision, people perish. And a while ago, Craig Rochelle took that and he said, there's a vision on your life. There is a God-given purpose. And we read about that in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says that God knows every single one of the days that you were going to live before you even lived one. And they're all recorded in his book of life. So there's a plan for your life. There's a purpose. There's something that you are meant to be doing, someone you're meant to be investing in, something that you are called to do, and you're going to find supreme fulfillment in it. And the reality is, is that sin gets in the way of it. Sin gets in the way of us experiencing and understanding who God created us to be, and so we never step into the fulfillment that God has called us to step into because of sin and death and the distractions of the world. This is why Jesus sets us free. He cuts off the changes. I don't want you distracted. I don't want you held back. I want you to step into this vision. I want you to step into this purpose. And I want you to experience what it means to be truly free, to be the person that I have designed and called you and created you to be. And we so often miss this. We miss the fact that Jesus comes into our life. He takes away the sin. He wipes the slate clean. And then we kind of go like, okay, now what? Thanks, Jesus. I'm going to just continue to do what I've always done. That doesn't make any sense. <coughs> and so often we accept Jesus, but then we never ask the next question. Okay, now what? Now what? Now that I'm a Christian, now that I have stepped into the kingdom of God and declared Jesus my Lord and Savior and been set free of sin, now what? 
And then now what is that God has called you to something that sin was preventing you from being. And so now we need to go on this, the journey. And for some, it's a lifelong journey. For some, they know it right away. That this is the thing that I have been called and created to be. And now that the veil has dropped off, Paul talks about how there are scales on the eyes of those who are unbelieving. And when you become a believer, the scales fall off. And now you can see clearly. Now you can understand life and see the world more clearly. And the question is, now what am I supposed to be doing with the clarity that God has now given me? What am I supposed to be doing with the freedom that God has opened the door for me to experience? What is your God-given purpose? I'm going to leave that up there. What is your God-given purpose? Now, I said that for some, they spend their entire life trying to figure this out. And some know it instantaneously. Now, I'm going to tell you my story. I don't say this to brag, okay? I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that this, is, this was how it happened for me, and I hope that it does hap- it happens this way for you. The night I got saved, the night <laughs> I was at youth group, um, the youth pastor at the time told a story that I had never heard before, talked about a topic in scripture that I had never been taught before, and I got home, and I was just shook right to my core, and I was just like, Jesus, I don't, I don't ever want to go through that. And so I want you to be my Lord and Savior so that I can avoid that. That night, I accepted Jesus as my Lord, I closed my eyes, and I had a dream. The most vivid dream I've ever had in my entire life. Some people say that God speaks to them through dreams, God does very, I very, I, when I sleep, I'm like dead, <laughs> other than the snoring. That's the only way my wife knows I'm still alive, because I am making awful noises. <laughs> but like, nothing wakes me once I'm asleep. And I don't dream. If I do, I don't remember it. But that night was the most vivid dream, and I know it was straight from God. And it was so clear that God was calling me to do exactly what I'm doing right now. All my life, people were like, what are you going to do when you grow up? I don't know. And I honestly didn't know. Everyone was like, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a farmer. I'm going to be a police officer. I'm going to go be president. I had no idea. And I wouldn't commit to anything. I was like, nope, that doesn't feel right. Nope, that doesn't feel right. I know there's something in me that knew that I was called to something, but I didn't know what it was. And then that night, being crystal clear, and everyone's like, you don't want to do that. My favorite part after I became after God made it so clear that I was called to ministry, um, my grade 12 year, I sat down with a guidance counselor. You t- do the test, and they tell you what you're supposed to be. And the guidance counselor's like, you should be an engineer. Nope. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to Bible school. I'm going to be a pastor. They're like, your English scores suck. <laughs> I know. Your math score is really good. I know. You don't use math in ministry. I know. So why are you going to do this? Because God told me to, and it's going to take a work of God for me to get through all of it. And it did. It was nothing. It's a miracle I graduated Bible school, honestly. <laughs> but there's nothing I would rather be doing than being right here with you guys, encouraging you and challenging you and equipping you to be all that God has called you to be. And the question is, in the same way that God has revealed to me, what is God trying to reveal to you as your God-given purpose? And this is, brings me to what we're going to do at small group. 
This is why I really encourage you to get plugged into a small group. Because what we've typically done at small group is we have taken the questions that we talk about Sunday morning and we just kind of take it a step further. And we talk about how to apply it to your life. We talk about how to make it actionable and how to share it with others. And we're not doing that this month. This month, we're do, we are doing a study over the course of small group that's going to help you discover what your God-given purpose is. For the next four weeks, you're going to go on a journey of looking back at your past, looking at your talents, looking at your skills, looking at your passions, and discovering what is it that God created you to do. And if you already know, then this is just a way to affirm what you already know. And if you don't know, then you're really going to want to find out. How does it all mesh together? And it doesn't matter if you're just getting out of high school or if you are retired and loving life right now. It, this applies to every stage of life because it's never too late to step into what God has called you to do, to be who God called you to be and it doesn't mean it's a paid position. It doesn't mean that it's a job. But it might just be the thing that's missing in life right now that you're going to find fulfillment and joy. And you're just going to be like, yes, this. I didn't even know it was missing, but it's definitely been missing. And I'm so excited that I discovered what it was. You are going to want to be part of a small group for this next month as we walk through this. And everyone who does go to small group you're not going to want to miss a single Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you go to small group. With that, back to the question. What is your God-given purpose? What is it that God has set you free to do? And some of you might be thinking, That's not, that feels like a string. It feels like a string that I'm set apart for something. No, 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 no. What it is is that you didn't know who you were before Christ came in, and now Christ is, now that you have been set free from sin and death, God's going to reveal who you are. You're going to experience a freedom that you've never experienced before because you're going to find a purpose that you were designed to live out. It's not actually a string. It's actually the last string of confusion and unclarity and just asking what am I supposed to be doing with my life that's going to answer that question. You're going to step into amazing, new, and exciting things, and I am excited for you you all need to go to small group. Okay, with that, I invite the small, I invite the worship team to come on up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite everyone to bow. And I want to start. I, Father, speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that our hearts are soft and that our ears are open to hear what you want to say. And as we talk about freedom and being set free from sin and death, and we talk about becoming, stepping into our God-given purpose, I pray, God. Father, I pray for those who are wrestling with something. That there's a, a temptation that they just can't seem to kick or an addiction that they just can't seem to overcome. God, I pray that you would reveal that you are aware of it and that you want to deal with it. You want to take that chain, you want to take that burden out of, their, out, of this, out of their life so that they can be all that they've been called to be. God, I pray for those who have never thought about the fact that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. I pray, God, that either today or over the course of this week that you would be revealing their God-given purpose. 
that the good, beautiful, and perfect plan that you have for them would become so clear that they would want to just step into it and become who you created them to be. And Father, I pray for anyone who is listening that is in-house or online or in Redverse, God, they're sitting here today and they have never actually declared you as Lord and Savior. Or maybe they did and they've just kind of wandered off and they've been doing their own thing for a few years and they they feel the tug that it's time to come back. God, I pray. If that's you, I encourage you to do not ignore that tug. Do not disregard it as something that's coming from your mind or coming from from you. It's coming from the Holy Spirit and He loves you and He wants to draw you home. He wants to change you today to be the man or woman that He has called you and created you to be and He wants to remove that barrier of sin from your life. And that's you. I encourage you to, I'll be at the back and come pray with me or If you're online, you can reach out, private message us or whatever, but I don't want you to disregard that tug. Because Jesus loves you enough that he's stepping into your space right now and he's calling you home. Father, I pray for renewed commitment to you. I pray for renewed commitment to be to be free, to flee from the things that try to entangle us and step into the freedom that you've called us to experience. Help us to be free people and may the world see your freedom at work in our life. Jesus, we love you. We just create space for you to speak to us this morning as we go in your precious name. Amen.